Hello, you're listening to Daniel Ball Wrestling. I'm your host, Daniel. Today's show, we're going to be talking about AEW's big pay-per-view, probably the biggest pay-per-view of the year, either that or double or nothing. We're going to be talking about last Sunday, what is it, six days ago now, we're going to be talking about All Out 2021 from Chicago, where, as we've, it's been rumoured all summer, Brian Danielson formerly known as Daniel Bryan, made his AEW debut. Other news, Adam Cole in the same segment debuted after what he was on NXT TakeOver like two weeks ago. Didn't watch it, but he was against Kyle O'Reilly two weeks ago. He made his debut and after seven long years, it was the in-ring return of CM Punk. So yeah, this pay-per-view, as people have been talking about, it's going to be it's gonna be looked at in years to come. I think it's going to be, who knows what's going to happen with this, but it's going to be the turning point. It's going to it's going to be a big spike. If you said, obviously, I'm recording a little bit later than I planned on doing, but it, it's going to be a big spike for AEW, you'd like to think. I mean, the rating this week, just from those things, I mean, they did 1.3 million for AEW Dynamite, which is their second biggest viewed, largest viewed show to date. Or oh, the only one to pip it was that, do you remember that first show? Um Back in fucking two years ago now, October 2019, that did. I think it did 1.4, didn't it? Did 1.4. So, yeah, the second largest viewed show ever. And that is just shows, done it? You say, what would they have done, really? They probably would have done about, say, 900,000 without Punk, without Brian. So, that's an extra 400,000, those two have gathered interest. So, yeah, it is a big deal. Um, but as I say, we're going to be talking about the pay-per-view. It's not going to be a long shot now, because it, to be a full disclosure, yeah. So last Saturday, I went to Leeds to watch the Josh Warrington fight. Sunday. Sunday, I deserve a fucking medal, yeah? So, about... We started drinking last Saturday at dinner time, yeah? Out in Leeds, out on... We went out in clubs at night, yeah? Getting about three o'clock, yeah? A few hours sleep. I get a train, what, about a... Just under two-hour train, rough as fuck on Sunday, yeah? Come all the way back to Preston. I can't even remember if I had any sleep, yeah? Stayed up till... Do you know what, I, the pay-per-view finished about quarter past five UK time, but I stayed up until probably about six o'clock, just buzzing from it all. So the fact that I stayed up last, well, last week now was a fucking miracle. And then woke up here with uh, someone here, yeah? We ended up, I went work Monday, tired as anything, listened to a few podcasts talking about the show, yeah? Monday night, end up going out. Tuesday, big, so Tuesday here in England was fucking roasting we've had a really shit summer weather wise it's been terrible pretty much a lot of rain it's not it's not really been that warm tuesday was 27 degrees roasting i was like right if i'm ever taking a day off work it's today so tuesday we all met up went to the market few paul annas few pints and yeah made a day of it so yeah so that's why your all out review is so late but yeah i wanted to watch dynamite in the end but so the other side, the big the big story is Danielson debuting. I mean, the seg we're going to talk about the segment itself, and it was just it's going to be looked at. I think in years to come, of as one of the classic wrestling segments. I mean, I'm not going to go through all the show now. I will go through it briefly, but so obviously Kenny Omega retains against Christian, and we we was all going into it like mm, Kenny Omega Christian. It's not the big, it's not the big match feel, is it? I'm not, you're going to get four AEW pay per views a year, so you kind of want a bigger main event, don't you? Which is what we was all saying. The original plan was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. That got scrapped. And I think, as much as I disagreed with it at first, it was the right decision. Can you imagine, yeah, 
if Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page would have happened, say Omega retained, or even Page won, and then after that, we'd have seen the debut of Brian Danielson, people wouldn't have been... Do you know what I mean? That Hangman Page would have been, would have been forgotten about, wouldn't he? Everyone, like they are now, would have been talking about Danielson, would have been talking about Cole. So it was right, because when Page comes back in a month, two months, he's going to be the fresh, hot talent, which is... So in the end, he did get this right. But the segment itself, we had Omega retained, comes on the microphone, there's no one left that can beat me that's not already dead. And then we get Adam Cole with his fuck yeah, I love that theme tune. And then it's all about the bass. Can't really do it, but I tried, didn't I? And whatever it is, that Adam Cole theme music's great. Adam Cole comes out, crowd going crazy. Honestly, I'm watching it live. Bird that I'm with is asleep. She lasted until Punk Darby Allen, every credit to her, but. So yeah, she's asleep. I'm sat there, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, it's only Adam Cole. But the crowd are going crazy from, I'm like, like, as much as I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a big Adam Cole fan, but hey, we all know he's a good wrestler. I was like, I thought, oh, Adam Cole's not going to change the game. As I've ran, you were, if you've listened to this podcast now for almost three years, you will have heard me say, we need to get Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, out of WWE, yeah, out of it, because he's not getting to wrestle the matches that we want to see him wrestle. He's not getting the push we want to see. He's not getting the exposure we want to see. If he wants to be Daniel Bryan, if he wants to be Bryan Danielson, it's going to take a while. If he wants to be Bryan Danielson, he needs to get the fuck out. We need to see him in New Japan doing a G1, and now he can. He can make a big change to AEW. So Adam Cole comes out. And you could just see Jungle Boy get into his feet. And I thought, get it, he's turning heel straight away. Boots Jungle Boy in the face. Kenny Omega does his all. I bid you a good good, good night. Farewell. And we get the Valkyrie song. Daniel Bryan's music gets... And it turns into like this like sort of hip-hop remix, but I don't really care. Brian Danielson walks out. The crowd are going fucking ape shit. I'm trying not to shout to wake her up. I'm like, get the fucking, fucking buzzing. So yeah, it was just, it was an all-time great moment. And now, if you just said a year ago, in a year's time, you're going to have CM Punk and you're going to have Brian Danielson and then you can have Adam Cole the cherry on top in AEW, we'd have all been fucking buzzing. Sorry for the swearing, but I'm infused about this. So yeah, just great stuff, great stuff, great segment. Brian Danson comes down, they run off the Elite, and then we've got like, he's raising Jungle Boy's hand. There's Jungle Boy Christian, Luchasaurus, I can't think of the other, Marco Stunt are all in the ring, staring off the Elite. This is going to be a huge feud as we go towards, do you know what I mean? I know like this is a bit, we're going back and forth here. Dynamite, they basically said we're going to be doing Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. And that segment on Dynamite did 1.5 million viewers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Two years in. Two years in and they're doing 1.5 million viewers for a segment. Absolutely unbelievable stuff. Um, while I was hungover on Wednesday, I just binged all the post-match press conferences uh, where we basically had Adam Cole talking about like how he always had in his mind he was going to leave WWE. Um, but they weren't disrespectful to WWE. We had... Brian Danielson, got it right, who was basically saying that, like, look, it was a huge decision. He went back and forth. He loved where he was. He loves Vince. The fact is, he's saying he loves Vince McMahon. He loves where he was. He could have worked New Japan with WWE, and he still left. That just shows how great AEW has become. And I know, like, people, oh, to me, there's not even, it's not even, I used to do a podcast called WWE versus AEW. It's not even that anymore. 
You've got WWE, which, yeah, it has 2 million weirdos watching it every week. WWE is down here, yeah? AEW is fucking up there touching this fucking ceiling, yeah? It's just a different league. I mean, I've just... I've just Saturday morning now, I'm fuming I've not gone Bristol City, but I've just watched Pac versus Andrade. That's better than any WWE match I've seen all year. Great match, and it's just on a random Friday night opening in the fucking B-Show. I'm sorry people say it's not the B-Show. It's the fucking B-Show. Sorry, Tony. But, yeah. So, yeah, it's just enthusiastic. It's just great stuff. But, yeah, exciting times to come. We've got Brian Danielson and CM Punk on the same thing. And I've ranted for ages. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk should have main evented WrestleMania. Give it us at double or nothing next year. So I know like, they want to work with the young talent, but I'm sorry. That in a big time match is too good to miss. I want to see face Brian Danielson versus heel CM Punk. In WWE, we saw like babyface CM Punk versus heel Brian with the whole AJ stuff or whatever. But yeah, really want to see that. So yeah, as I say, AEW, they did 1.3 million viewers for Dynamite. And the big news is it beat Monday Night Raw in the all-important 18 to 49 demographic. So basically, it wasn't for all these weirdos over 50 that for some reason are still watching Raw. AEW this week would have beat... Monday Night Raw. And people are saying, I've seen some fucking idiot being like, oh, it was Labor Day. I don't give a fuck if it was Christmas Day. Dynamite did more people than Raw in the 18 to 49 demographics. So yeah, just shows what you can do with a big pay-per-view. And on top of that, All Out did over 200,000 buys. <coughs> the biggest buy rate they've had up to this day, I think it was 130,000, 140,000 for the uh, Revolution pay-per-view with Moxley, Kenny Omega exploding, blah, blah, when Christian debuted, seems like ages ago that pay-per-view, didn't like that pay-per-view that much, but seems like ages ago, but yeah, over 200,000 views, so if you want to put that into like some sort of order, that pay-per-view did more pay-per-view buys the Money in the Bank 2011, which featured that hot as fuck CM Punk John Cena feud, yeah? So it did more buys than that, which is incredible. Incredible, because that paper, this is, this is before the WWE Network, so the only way to watch that pay-per-view was to buy the pay-per-view. And it, the amount of times I hear people say that CM Punk John Cena feud got me back into wrestling. And this pay-per-view still did more buys. Huge, huge number. I don't think we'll be able to do that many for full gear, but we'll see. We will see. Um, so yeah, that was basically. I'm gonna quickly run through the all-out show. I, I said I don't want to do a big show today because it seems past like past the thing. But we'll rewind back to last Sunday. The show opened up with Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the TNT title. This was a, as you expected, your hard-hitting affair. I've gone back and watched this since. Um, it's crazy seeing it how different Miro is from a year ago when he debuted. You know what I mean? With uh, Kip, all that gaming bollocks. Kingston is so over the chest of Miro. But that was Rivers like, oh, wrestling's fake, innit? So before this, I was like, whoa, 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 bitch. Wrestling's fake. So yeah, she was watching Mick Foley getting attacked by thumbtacks. I was showing pictures of Daniel Bryan's chest after that. Do you remember when he returned for that hour-long, two-hour battle royal in Saudi? And then I was like, Miro's chest, Miro's chest, red as raw. But yeah. Fucking great stuff. The finish, I thought, made sense. It protected Kingston because um, Remsburg was slow counting Kingston's pin on Miro. And then, as he's about to throw Miro into the ropes, he stops him because the ring thing's off. Rusev, Rusev, it's going to take a while. Miro, low blow for the win. One, two, three. And I think it looks like we're going to be setting up the rematch in 
Arthur Ashe Stadium. Hot opener, um, even better on a Wii match. But I would have... It's a shame... I was thinking this before. If you could have had Pac versus Andrade open this show, we would have been talking about Bell to Bell, one of the best wrestling pay-per-views of all time. This show was one of the best pay-per-views in terms of everything. Like we've got, We got one great match. We got a lot of good matches. And we got great moment after great moment. So this was one of the best pay-per-views ever. But more for moments than it was matches. Not that there was anything wrong with the matches. Um, next, we get another match. It was good. It was good. It was fine. It was John Moxley defeating Kojima. Um, it was a good match. I can't really say much more than that. I would have preferred to see Moxley versus Tanahashi, which was teased. Could have done Moxley versus JY. And I know people are like, I hate this theory of, oh, you don't need to do that on this show because, like... Do you know what I mean? To me, you can never make a show unless it's going to ruin a talent like it would have done Hangman Page. Give us Moxley v Suzuki. Give us Moxley versus Tanahashi, yeah? AEW have got that many potential matches that you're not... I don't hate this whole, let's save it for this show. Let's save it for that show. Just fucking do it on your biggest show of the year. So I didn't like the fact they did Moxley versus Kojima. It was fine. I've seen a lot of people overrating it, but it was nothing great. The only thing this match is going to be remembered for is Suzuki's music hitting, him coming out, confronting John Moxley, and them setting up that match that took place on Dynamite, which maybe we'll get into after this. Um, so yeah, Moxley wins. I went three stars on this. It was it was a solid match. Next, we got Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Title. Now, this is another one. I'd have done Thunder Rosa versus Brit, but they're saving it. This is the way they book. I personally wouldn't do this, but the match itself was really good. And the match will be remembered for the Pittsburgh Sunrise, which would telegraph the debut of Adam Cole, obviously Britt Baker's partner, later on in the show, and Britt retained the title. And a good match. I saw Tony Khan saying it's Britt's best match to date in AEW. Obviously, the unsanctioned match. I think it was better than that, a lot better than that, but maybe he's not classing that because it was unsanctioned. But Britt Baker retains the title and going forward will face the debutant Ruby Soho, which we will talk about in a minute. Now next, next, this was the match of the night, the match of the year for AEW, match of the year maybe for wrestling. I think I'd still probably have a Bushi versus Jay White from Wrestle Kingdom ahead of this one. So for me, it's the second best match of the year. Um, and that is the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in that fucking ridiculous, ridiculously high steel cage. This was a great, great match. Even people that don't like wrestling, as I found out, will like this match. It's amazing. Ray Phoenix, which is the theme of this podcast. Ray Phoenix is amazing. He should be a world champion. He is fucking unbelievable. For me, he's the best worker in AEW. I think he's great. He's unbelievable. Um... Obviously, this was whole, whole built around two years ago. They had the ladder match at All Out, um, which, if you remember that match, it was crazy. But the crowd were a bit tired for it. This one wasn't the case. The crowd are going crazy. Um, we got the spot with the thumbtacks in the boot when Brandon Cutler threw it over the cage. I was like, there's no way he's going to make it over the cage. But he did. Throws it over the cage. Penta's mask, you can crazy. All his eyes are bleeding. Loads of blood across the mask. Um, just it's just an incredible match, and I think the Young Bucks hit the what I can't think. I'm not good with names of finishes, but they hit like the Ibushi Omega Golden Trigger move. I can't even think what it's called now. Elite Trigger Foot now is what it's called, and the crowd thought it was over. So did I, because no one's ever picked out of it, kicked out of it. One, two, and they kicked out at the last minute. The whole arena stands up, going crazy. It was just a great, great spot. They fight some more. Phoenix does the run. You know, he normally runs across the rope. He runs across the top of the cage. Boots. Um, I think, is it Nick off? 
and then Ray Phoenix, crossbody from the top of the cage, picture perfect, almost too perfect, one, two, three, Lucha Brothers are your new AEW Tag Team Champions, it ends the reign of the Young Bucks, I think the Young Bucks have been champions now since full gear last year, if you remember they beat the FTR, nearly said Revival, beat FTR in that very, very, very good match at full gear last year, great match, not quite five stars for me. I went 4.75. Go and watch this match. I don't think... If AEW have a better match than this for the rest of the year, it's going to be fucking great. The only chance they've got to be in it is Omega Danielson, but we will see. Great match, and I'm excited for where they go from here. Obviously, I think it just freshens it up, don't we? We've had Omega and Bucks with the titles at the top of the card. We've still got Omega, but now we've got the Lucha Brothers too. Um, as I stated earlier, Ruby Soho debuted to win the Women's Battle Royal. I'm not a fan of these casino battle royals. I'm a bit thick. And it's just a bit confusing. Do you know what I mean? It's took to... I sort of get it now, but just have a fucking battle royal. It's a bit overcomplicated, and I'm not... I don't know. I know like they brought in a lot of the fees, but I just wasn't interested enough for this. I went two and a half on this. It was it was all right. Ruby Soho wins. I think she eliminated Thunder Rosa to win. Did she? So Ruby Soho going forward will be... Challenging Britt Baker for the title. Maybe they'll do that off her ash. I'm not sure if they'll be able to hold it off till full gear. Next, Jericho versus MJF. Uh, MJF was great in this match. MJF came out to the Jericho countdown. He was really good in this. The crowd, though, interestingly. I did think there was a chance maybe MJF would do this. Would actually win the match. Only a small chance, but the crowd weren't buying it at all. Um, and yeah, until MJF... Gets the three count and the ref doesn't notice Jericho's foot on the ropes. But luckily there was another ref out trying to get rid of Jake Hager and Wardlow. They also sort of tease Wardlow. This Wardlow-MJF feud is going to happen at some point, but I love the slow build for it. So yeah, the crowd seemed to think Jericho had lost because the ref counted the three. And then into that, the last two, three minutes after that were fucking brilliant. Brilliant stuff. And yeah, it made up for the match being a little bit trepidatious. Great word. At the start... But yeah, really good match, really good ending. I went three and a half on this, and to nobody's surprise, Jericho tapped MJF out with a modified version of the Lion Tamer for the win. He celebrates with the inner circle, and please, God, let's... God, that's you, Tony. Let's just have this feud finished. This Jericho-MJF feud's been going on since the night after All Out last year, and yeah, I'm ready for it to finish. Ready for it to finish. It's, it's been all right. There's been a lot of failures in it, and... You've took up a lot of MJF's and Jericho's year. It's been 12 months they've been in this feud. Now, I really hope that it's over, and I think it should be. MJF, as it's as we saw, seemed to be moving on for a little feud with Brian Pillman Jr. on Dynamite. MJF, by the way, I'm not going to go into Dynamite in much deal, but MJF did a promo. It was just a typical heel heat promo with a crowd. He's burying Brian Pillman's family. It was a great promo. Go and check that out. Now, next, the... Thing we'd all been waiting for. This just shows the fact that Brian Danielson overshadowed pretty much CM Punk's first match back, which is crazy. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Now, this match, as I'm watching live, bro, man, it's four in the morning. You've watched a lot of wrestling. You're tired. I'm still... You're, you're still holding out for the debuts at the end of the show. So, I was tired. And I thought... First watch, I thought, you know, it was good. It was good. But on the rewatch, this was fucking really good. Really good match. But loads of little things in this match that I loved. I mean, I love that they sing CM Punk's entrance. I've got that stuck in my head. Look in my eyes, what do you see? But yeah, and then 
the start, the opening stretch, you have Darby Allen is just sat in the corner and his eyes are just telling the story of how big this match is to him. Punk sits down in the middle of the ring, they stare at each other. Great stuff. A lot of people have been talking about CM Punk's attire. They don't like these pants. I prefer the trunks, but Punk's a bit like Jericho. When he like starts a new sort of portion of his career, he does like to switch things up. He's had countless different haircuts. And if you remember, Jericho used to wear pants switched it up to tight. So it might take some getting used to, but maybe it's just because he's not completely in shape with his legs for now. But we'll see. I don't think it's that big of a deal, is it? But yeah, really great. The commentator said the great little thing. It was Darby Allen wrestled his first match 13 months after CM Punk wrestled his last. Think about that. Think about that. But yeah, the, the match starts with Darby like out wrestling CM Punk. Um, we get some great spots. Punk has him on his shoulders, goes to the GTS. Darby Allen sprints out of the ring. You can see in Punk, I noticed this after a few minutes, Punk was breathing quite heavy. Um, but the, the, there's a spot where he launches Darby Allen into the turnbuckle and he goes flying right through it out of the ring. Crazy spot. Uh, Punk got criticised to sit on social media for doing a lot of rest holes, but do you know what I mean? If he's tired, fair enough. But it weren't like he wasn't clenching him in hard. Um, we get Punk on commentary on Rampage. was like, what's that move called? The cold red. And here he is. He takes the cold red. He hits the GTS a minute later. And Darby Allen goes flying out the ring back first, head first. Great spot. Um, now, the crowd, I think, would have been more loud for CM Punk's first match back if you'd have done him against the heel. But it's just Darby Allen's possibly the most popular babyface on the roster before Punk. So it was always going to be tough. The crowd were obviously with Punk, but it's hard for him to act. They're not going to boo Darby. So face versus face matches are always hard to do. I would not have done, I'm still maintaining, I wouldn't have done Punk v Darby Allen. But they had a really good match and it sort of sets like the foundations for this whole... Punk can be tag team partners with Darby Allen, with Sting. So it sort of does lay the foundations for that. So I don't hate it. It's not what I would have done, but it was still... Do you know what I mean? The match itself had a great finish. We got... So it'll start... Darby Allen goes for the goal to sleep pose, gets a few gets a few boos, tries the coffin drop. Punk sits up, laughs. They go back and forth, rolling each other up. And then Punk hoists him up his shoulder, spins him around. GTS, one, two, three. Such a slick finish, and yeah... Very good match. I went four stars on it. I thought Punk was really impressive. Really impressive for his first match back. People are like, oh, he's still, he's working. He was never a great wrestler. You know what he was? He was a great wrestler, but he was never like, he wasn't, he's not an Omega at Danielson's level, but it's going to, I'm excited for this. To start him slow, the, if you watch Dynamite, it looks like he's going to be facing Ricky Starts and Hobbs. So they're just going to build him up slow. And I reckon by the time we get around to double or nothing next year, we're going to be seeing Punk maybe chasing for the title. I'd like to see Babyface Hangman Page versus Heel CM Punk. That would be fucking great. That well, We've got all this to come. It's so exciting. But yeah, CM Punk, as expected, gets the wins, gets the win. I went four stars on this match. And yeah, Punk was fucking impressive. After the match, Sting comes out. Apparently, this was unplanned, Punk said in his post-match interview. Um, comes out, Sting shakes his hand. And yeah, says that he's happy. So yeah, I'm, they've got to do Sting versus Punk. We're going to see it at some point. Just give it us in a nice little five, six minute TV match main event. Bit like Suzuki versus Foot. Do you know what? After how great this is, I'm not going to complain. They ran over with time. I am going to complain. The, Suzuki versus Moxley had a great 15 minute match. Maybe 20 minutes at Wrestle Kingdom the other year. 
they should have let him go out and kill it in the main event. They cut off Suzuki's fucking Kasanina. They cut it off. Fucking gutted. But it looks like, I think Tony Khan, that's the thing with AEW. When these notice the fans are complaining about something, they'll try and put it right. So it looks like we're going to be getting maybe Moxley and Kingston versus Suzuki and Archer coming up. So yeah. Anyway, main event, Omega. Actually, I've not even mentioned Big Show versus QT Marshall. That's because it didn't need to be mentioned. Omega versus Christian. Now, at this this match, I'm just watching it. I've heard it was really good. I'm watching it. you got to bear in mind, it's half four. I'm dying. I am dying, yeah. But I'm waiting. I'm holding out for Brian Danielson. So the match, I, I could tell it was good, but I couldn't tell you a lot about it. I am planning on re-watching it because I've heard it was very good. I went three and a half on it, but a lot of people have gone higher. From what I saw, it wasn't as good as the TV match, but that TV match was helped by a really hot crowd and a title change, and these them, those two things didn't happen on this show. The crowd itself were waiting for Brian Danielson, and yeah, the match was good. Kenny Omega retained with a top rope uh, one-winged angel, um, so yeah, good match, good main event, but it's, just, it's a shame really, because I feel like if you'd have added Pac and Andrade... This main event might maybe delivered a bit more. You would have had one of the all-time great wrestling shows for the wrestling as well as the moments. Instead, it was just great for like the appear, the moments, the debuts. So, like on one show, listen to this for a great pay per view. Right, we had Hot Owner, we had a classic tag team title match, we had Suzuki appearing in AEW, we had Danielson debuting in AEW, Adam Cole debuting in AEW. Ruby Soho, I can take a leave, whatever, but hey, she'll, she'll be good for the women's division. It's just crazy. Extreme rules in two weeks, yeah. What's going to happen on that? Roman Reigns is going to retain against Finn Balor. Lashley's going to retain against Randy Orton. That's it. That's it, yeah? It's just two different fucking worlds. And you know what? It's right now. I'll be on full disclosure. I haven't watched WWE since SummerSlam. I always loved WWE. But I haven't watched them since SummerSlam because I felt no need to. I've been watching Dynamite, I've been watching Rampage. And yeah, it's exciting times. I will probably watch the SmackDown from MSG. But yeah, really exciting times for AEW. Um, and I will do my best to do. I'm trying to stick. I've spoke to someone. I was like, just tell me every week to do this. I need to be stick to it, don't I? I need to, I'm 30 years old now. I need to stop going out as much. Be a bit more professional and stick to doing this podcast every week. So I will try and do a review of Dynamite next week hopefully i make it hopefully i make it but yeah um as if you're not following us on twitter i think we're on twenty-two thousand followers which is great follow me on twitter it's at what is it at, at daniel ball wrestle um www.patreon.com forward slash daniel ball wrestling just search daniel ball wrestling into youtube and yeah all our podcasts from the last three years are up there um and yeah that's it all out 2021 one of the best wrestling pay-per-views ever and I just want to finish with this. Brian Danielson and CM Punk are all elite. See you next week, everyone. See you later.